Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Joseph Tyler Sports Show. The offseason is over and the preseason has begun, and I, for one, am extremely, extremely excited for it. I love the preseason primarily because you're going to see a lot of players that you either forgot were in the league or a lot of fresh young talent who are hungry and striving to make that last roster spot. A lot of people give the preseason flack because most of the starters, if you're a superstar in the league, you may only play a drive or two in the preseason, but overall they're going to try to save you for the regular season. But for me, I like to see those underneath guys, those guys who maybe have never been given a shot, who right now are trying to prove that they are coachable, that they do have spirit, that they can be a help on the sidelines and can possibly come in if somebody goes down. I think that the preseason, though it can be boring, it's not, it's football, but it's not the real experience. There's no real stakes, right? Their games don't go towards their actual records. It, a lot of these players are not actually going to play. But I think it's important, if you're a fan of a team, a super fan of a team, I think it's important to see how those gaps in whatever your team is whether it is offense or defense just to see how it shakes out see how your team moves to address those situations and i think that's uh that's really important and i think personally the preseason is definitely worth a watch still as well a lot of people aren't playing hard but on the other hand, there's a lot of young players, a lot of old players who are, and you can tell them immediately, and that's how you can tell who's really going to get those roster spots. And before we continue just talking about the preseason and going on about those ramblings, I actually have a couple news stories to start off with. We're going to start off with Kareem Hunt, and this story broke a couple days ago in which Kareem Hunt was basically stating, you're either going to pay me by giving me a new contract or you are going to trade me and Kareem Hunt is part of one of the best one-two punches in football with him and fellow running back Nick Chubb on the Browns and Kareem Hunt I believe sees this as a very great opportunity at the moment the Browns have their head in one direction which is Deshaun Watson and all of the drama surrounding that they're trying to address the quarterback situation. They're trying to gain stability this season. And I think Kareem Hunt is incredibly intelligent to come out and say, pay me or trade me right now, because that is a power position. The running back position is where the Browns have some of the most stability in their team. They've had these guys for years now. They both always produce. And the Browns may be willing to just pay up to keep some of that stability while they focus on the real just fire that comes with Deshaun Watson and that quarterback room. I think that Kareem Hunt, for me personally, if I were the Cleveland Browns, I would not pay Kareem Hunt. My primary factor is that he is an older running back. And though he is a very intelligent back, he's a very very ball carrier just north south he has the vision he's able to just make it through he's old and in running back terms he is ancient even 
in the past 10 years, we have been finding out that running backs are a dime a dozen. You can draft a brand new running back, plug him in, and have instant production. But we are also finding out that running backs can be ran into the ground just as quickly. We're finding out that running backs have a shorter and shorter lifespan in this league. And we are never going to see another Frank Gore, for example, where he's a hundred years old and he's still putting up a thousand yard season, or he just shows up one day and messes up your team on game day as a backup. There will never ever be another Frank Gore. Gore. And he and all the other all time greats can play into that later stage of their career that older age him adrian peterson many more and when i look back at kareem hunt i don't see him as one of those all-time greats there's been a time where he was a top 10 running back but he has never really been that guy he's never been a top five running back he's never been that guy in cleveland for example in cleveland he is nothing more than the supporting cast member for the Nick Chubb show. So if I'm the Browns and I'm contacting Kareem Hunt, I'll ask him what he wants. I'll listen to him. I'll hear him out. But I don't think that the Browns will be willing to pay what Kareem Hunt values himself at. I feel like Kareem Hunt still believes he has a lot to give in this league. I still believe he thinks he is worth more than a lot of starters perhaps cream hunt is currently the highest paid backup running back in the league and he is a top 15 paid running back compared to everyone else and an extension for him would be extremely extremely expensive considering the fact that nick chubb needs to be paid you need to pay for all these other players. I would say that since Kareem Hunt is much older, I would say you should look elsewhere. I think you should try and maybe pursue a trade, if not early in the season, later on, once you get a better grasp of the quarterback room. I know that without Watson, you want stability, and a good running back core gives you that stability. They bail out a lot of lesser quarterbacks. They can dump off the ball to a running back, but there are a lot of good running backs in the league. Backups, starters, and Kareem Hunt, he is better than all those backups. He can't be worth as much as he is now. If you're going to pay him in the top 15 of all running backs in the league, he should be a starter. And between him and Chubb, Nick Chubb is even superior to him. So when it all comes down to it, and I sit down and I think about it, I'm keeping Nick Chubb, I'm pulling up some running backs, I'm trying people out because Kareem Hunt isn't that guy. Trade him for some picks, maybe? And perhaps next season in the NFL draft, you can scoop up a running back who is young, he's a rookie, and he may just bust out stronger and harder than Kareem Hunt ever would have, have the explosiveness. And 
Kareem Hunt is searching for that contract. He wants to be paid, but unfortunately, as of recording, he has not been paid. And I will follow up on this if he does. But I want to talk about a guy who got a contract today as of recording. A guy who it was probably a no-brainer to give this contract to. A guy that I actually don't have a single problem giving this contract to. And that is the Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. Kickers in the NFL are a dime a dozen. They kick the ball. They're easily replaceable. You pay them the bare minimum, a couple million a year, get out of my face. You can find one on the streets. You can do all of that. However, there is a level to this. Anyone can be a kicker but it's hard to be a great kicker and possibly the greatest of kickers if not all time he's sure damn close that would be justin tucker and when you come out and you ask a random nfl fan on the street who is the best kicker in the league they are going to say nine times out of ten justin tucker if you go up to fantasy football managers and you're saying you're going to draft this guy, you're going to draft that guy, but if you had your choice, who would you get at kicker? Justin Tucker. For his entire career, the Baltimore Ravens have consistently just made it past the 50-yard line, make it a field goal range, and they know it is a surefire shot. That gives them confidence. That gives them the ability to go out and try some stuff. If you're worried about your kicker, then you may need to tr go for it on fourth down. You may need to push the pace a little bit. Well, if Justin Tucker, it gives you comfort. There's only one kicker in this league, maybe another emerging with Evan McPherson, but there's one unanimous greatest kicker in the league, and that is Justin Tucker. He's been at it for 10 years already, maybe more than that at this point. I can't remember. And since 2012, Justin Tucker has had a 91% field goal percentage. That is insane. And he's coming off of a year where he hit 100% of his extra points last year. And last year, he also hit 94.6% of his field goals, which he is absolutely just even getting better 10 years in and he's getting better at what he does. Last year, he hit a 66 yard field goal, which is the NFL record on the Detroit Lions. Rest in peace, Lions, by the way. But he, there is just a man right there. He is a kicker. He, anyone can be a kicker, but he is a great kicker. And that man is Justin Tucker. And when you're thinking about Justin Tucker, you got to think about how much money are you going to pay him? A lot of kickers make minimum, just minimum wage in the NFL, as we'll call it. A lot of them are replaceable. So surely you have to pay him more. And... Justin Tucker received a four-year, 
24 million dollar extension and his contract comes with 17.5 million of that money being guaranteed and if justin tucker were to step away from the game of football after these four years he would be the second highest career earning kicker in nfl history and when you sit down and you think about it you can't really argue against it when i looked at this contract i saw it as the easiest payoff of the ravens franchise ever this is the best thing besides a rookie contract for the team Justin Tucker is such a vital piece, he opens up so many opportunities, he gives you security, and he is the best kicker in football. I don't think people realize the consistency it takes to do this for 10 years. Some kickers are good for a couple, some maybe even five, but it's so hard to play at such a high and elite level for so long. Justin Tucker has broken the mold he is a cheat code and i really do believe that in my humble opinion he is the greatest kicker of all time this is an easy contract this is an easy transaction and my hat's off to the ravens the baltimore ravens and actually speaking of the ravens i want to move and pivot over to our final topic of the day, the big just thing I've been preparing, I've been thinking about, I've been mulling over for days, weeks, since the last season ended, coming all the way to now. I've been thinking about what my top five teams are coming into the preseason. And there has been a lot of free agent moves, there's been a lot of trades. There's been injuries already. There is a lot of factors that go into deciding who's going to win football games. And, you know, of course, everyone wants to believe that their opinion is going to be right. This by no means is going to be the most accurate list. But I have put together my top five teams going into the season and I'm even going to give you an honorable mention. I'm going to give you guys number six to start. And my honorable mention, the sixth best team this year for me is the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is a very fine quarterback. And before last season, I would say he was a top three quarterback. And on any given day, he can be the best quarterback in the league. But last year showed me a lot of things. It showed me how much of a reliance he had on his receivers, on Tyreek Hill in particular. And between Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for Patrick Mahomes' entire career, these two players make up for about 50% of Patrick Mahomes' yardage. And if you take... Tyreek Hill and remove him from the equation that is 25% of Patrick Mahomes yardage that he puts out on a yearly basis and 25 is huge this opens up a lot of targets opens up a lot of opportunities however they replaced Tyreek Hill with one Juju Smith Schuster who is a fine player 
he's a fine route runner but he does not have the speed he does not have the breakaway away ability that someone like the cheetah has i think tyreek hill he is getting older and i think he is losing he's losing his speed very very small each year that you can't even really measure but i feel like he is more manageable now than he was probably a couple years ago but speed ultimately kills between travis kelsey killing you underneath tyreek hill goes deep down the field and patrick mahomes always finds him juju smith schuster on the other hand does not have that breakneck speed miko hardman their other receiver very fine young player but for me personally he has not broken out yet he would need a breakout season for the chiefs for me to come back into the top five the nfl is very top heavy this season there's a lot of good teams and i don't think they're there i think this year is the real test for me to see if patrick mahomes has really got it like that because he has always had a good coach He's had a great receiver, a great tight end, and it's always helped bail him out even if he wasn't playing well. So I want to see what they can do. I see Patrick Mahomes practicing his behind-the-back the, behind the passes, which I love to see, of course. Everyone loves to see it. And let's hope that that can translate to a game. If he hits a behind-the-back pass touchdown to somebody, I might say, hey, you got me. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest ever. But that's a joke, first of all. I don't think that should be what he's focused on. I think he should be trying to build chemistry and rapport with these other receivers. So we're going to have to wait and see. And their defense isn't anything to write home about. There are days where they show up. There's days where they don't show up. So that's why the conversation really comes down to their offense. The Chiefs offense is what this team lives and dies by. So it's only necessary to just talk about that so that's number six the honorable mention number five with the list truly beginning now my fifth best team and i mentioned it i've kind of gave it away before is the baltimore ravens not only do the baltimore ravens get just security with justin tucker as their kicker being able to hit 66 yard field goals you are fine from the 50 yard line if you need to be the Ravens also have possibly the most athletic player in the league, physically gifted, and that is Lamar Jackson. He's got a cannon of an arm. He has the, some of the fastest legs, even faster than running backs. He jumps in the air and throws darts. He is great at playing from behind in the fourth quarter, bringing his team to ties and bringing them out ahead at the end of the game. He is dynamite and he has a great connection with his tight end. And the receiving core is the biggest question of this team. Because the Baltimore Ravens always have a good defense, right? And they always are more respectable than, let's say, the Chiefs defense, who sometimes show up, they sometimes don't. The Ravens defense, for sure, is always, at worst, all right. They can make plays, they can do everything, and I think this year is going to be a real coming out party for Rashad Bateman. I think he is uber talented, and I feel last year he didn't really get a lot of that, 
a lot of that zest. He didn't get a lot of those choices. He was drafted in the first round last year, and this is really going to be where he comes out. Keep an eye out for Rashad Bateman. I would say if you can get him late in a fantasy league, maybe stash him because he can make a splash. And overall, the Baltimore Ravens, very good team. They have a history of just having a solid defense. Lamar Jackson can help carry you. And overall, I think that they would be fine as my fifth pick of a team, my fifth power ranking. I have no qualms about it. It feels like a very safe and comfortable pick. And going from a safe and comfortable pick, I want to go with a pick that is purely from the heart. And that pick would be the Cincinnati Bengals at number four. Ravens are number five. Chiefs number six. Bengals are number four. <clears throat> and I'm choosing them to be at number four purely because of the momentum they had going into the Super Bowl. They were... A dark horse team they broke the mold <clears throat> going into the season nobody truly believed in the Bengals to win the Super Bowl if you had told me that you thought they were gonna make the Super Bowl that I would have laughed at you and sure they made it to the dance sure they didn't win but there's a lot of momentum and a lot of camaraderie that goes into that and the biggest thing I want to see is how do they bounce back and recover from a Super Bowl loss? Because that loss brings a lot of introspection, a lot of doubt, a lot of finger pointing. And I feel like this team can really benefit from that. And let me tell you why. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, even Joe Mixon. They're all still fairly young. Uh, Joe Mixon being the old man of the group, but... None of them have ever faced a true loss like that before, and I think that this could really serve as a true maturity test for this team. Or this can be a coming-of-age tale in which next season we will see if they carry that momentum that brought them to the dance further into the beginning portions of the season. I think Joe Burrow, when he gets comfortable, he can be one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the league. I think currently he's a top-five quarterback. I think uh, Jamar Chase is a top five quarterback as well. Some people might say he's the best receiver in the league. I accidentally said quarterback, but wide receiver in the league. Together, they're the best quarterback receiver duo. But people like T. Higgins, one of the best secondary options in the league. Tyler Boyd, one of the best secondary options in the league. You know, these guys are who Joe Burrow looks at when Jamar Chase is unavailable. And they are an awesome team. Evan McPherson, like how I said with Justin Tucker, how Justin Tucker gives them security from the 50-yard line and beyond. Evan McPherson is going to look to possibly get that sort of status. He's extremely accurate, extremely good. He gives you pretty much security from the 40-yard line. So I wouldn't be worried about him. He is a fantastic kicker. He is moving up into that echelon of kickers who I can see as great. I can see him taking the mantle from Justin Tucker when he decides to retire. So the Bengals have a great special teams. They have a serviceable defense in which the Chiefs do not. 
and their offense is dynamite. So I can see the Bengals being my fourth pick. It's They don't have a lot of history behind them to support this. The Bengals were always bad for so long, but this is a pick straight from the heart, and honestly, like that more of anything is what is surprising to me because I don't really let my heart get to me on things like this, but the Bengals... The Bengals have my heart, actually, and I think they are a solid feeler pick. And from number four, we have the Bengals. Number five, we have the Ravens. Number six, we had the Chiefs. Number three team I have in my power rankings is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when Tom Brady retired, the Buccaneers went from one of my top teams in the league all the way down to possibly 16, 17, 18th best team in the league. They have a solid core, just no quarterback at that point. And Tom Brady coming back after a couple weeks of vacation just thrusts Tampa Bay back up from 15 all the way up to my number three spot. And the reason because of that, and... You can say maybe it's just because I'm a Tom Brady fan, always have been, Patriots fan. You can't argue with the results. You can't argue with the statistics. Tom Brady has won more Super Bowls than anybody else. Tom Brady has led the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. He also almost led the second largest comeback in playoff history on the Rams' last playoffs. So... He was close to going to another Super Bowl yet again. However, Tom Brady is a game changer. He has figured out the code. He has figured out pretty much what he needs to do to win games as his body has just been getting older. He is everything that team needs. And honestly, with Gronkowski retiring, I don't see that as a huge issue. I see that actually as a positive thing. Gronkowski, the best thing he had was the chemistry with Tom Brady. His athleticism was mostly gone too, but I mean, it's hard to stop a 6'7", 250-pound juggernaut running at you. It's hard to slow him down regardless. But Tom Brady, they have Leonard Fournette back. They got great receivers coming in. They just picked up Julio Jones as a just swap piece to come in and support the team i think that they remain as one of the main primary picks that you can make this season a great gambling odds just favorite for me and i think more often than not tom brady's going to the super bowl we all know this whether he wins or loses he most of the time just gets there so i would say vote on Tampa Bay here. Tampa Bay is my number three ranking and, you know, my favorite player of all time, one of the most, the most successful player of all time. You can't bet against them. But no matter what I believe, I still have two teams above Tampa Bay. I have two teams that just are set up better. I mean, they're not relying and putting all their chips on a 45-year-old man who can honestly break at any moment a man (laughs) a man who's played longer than he may have should have you know but i do have two other teams the teams are teams that i think 
most of the people see and think can pretty much make the Super Bowl. I think these two teams have proven themselves. Um, they have a lot of the factors that I have mentioned before for these other teams, whether it's a good defense, a electric quarterback like Lamar Jackson, good receivers like the Bengals, or just a good core overall like Tampa Bay. A lot of these teams have a lot of things in common, and I think these two teams are really building a culture for themselves. And number two on my list of my power rankings is the Buffalo Bills. Now, for the last however many years, the Bills were always seen as a middle-tier team. And that all changed when these past couple years, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they've been lighting it up. Josh Allen is a transcendent quarterback. His athleticism is crazy. Any given week, he can throw for 400 yards or rush for 100. He is all over the map. He is huge. You can't take him down if you try to tackle him. If you do, he'll get rid of the ball. He is nearly perfect at throwing touchdowns to interceptions in the red zone. Josh Allen is a crazy quarterback, and I find it hard to believe that he is not going to win a Super Bowl in his career. And I think if there was an opportunity for Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl, it would be this year of all years, where the game is more competitive than it's ever been, but also more wide open than it's ever been. I think the Bills, if they were to run the game back with the Chiefs, they would win as of today. I think the Bills have the electricity of offense as the Chiefs, and they also have the sturdiness of a defense, as the Ravens have. They have all the pieces they need. They have a couple running backs who can pick up the pace and pick up the slack of the other. And they are fantastic. Gabriel Davis, I believe, is one of my biggest receivers who, along with Rashad Bateman, are possibly going to break out this season. You have Stephon Diggs, a top five receiver in the league a man who is just he doesn't make the game about him he doesn't try to force his receptions he runs the routes he isn't going to be flashy but he is going to get the receptions he's going to get those first downs he is going to be a secure player and continue being one of the best receivers in football i think the bills are Going to have a few tests this season. I want to see if they look the same as they did last year. I believe they will be. So this is very exciting. They have Dawson Knox, who before he broke his hand last season was one of the best tight ends of the year, just racking up touchdowns. And it's hard to find a good tight end in this day and age. They're so few and far between. Whether it's Darren Waller, um, Travis Kelsey... George Kittle, there's not a lot of names you can turn to and think of when you are talking about tight ends. And the Buffalo Bills have, if not a great player, a good player at all these positions. And that is why they are my number two team. They are electric. They have a lot of momentum even before the season. They're awesome. And number one, best team I have in the league. We're going to do a rundown real quick. Number six, we had the Chiefs. 
Number five, we had the Ravens. Number four, we had the Bengals. Number three, we had Tampa Bay. Number two, we had the Buffalo Bills. And number one, we have is the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams were the best team in football last year. They ended the season by winning the Super Bowl, taking home the chip, and Matthew Stafford has come full circle. Again, they are looking to do the same thing. Sean McVay, the best young coach in the league. Matthew Stafford, the old gunslinger veteran from Detroit who always just needed an opportunity. Cooper Cup, the triple crown wide receiver and last season the overall best receiver in the league. Cam Akers coming back from his injury late in the year but now he's going to be full force. His backup Daryl Henderson Jr., a very serviceable backup who held it down all season while Cam Akers was down. Aaron Donald on the defense. Bobby Wagner. They may have lost Odell Beckham Jr., but he was just a late pick anyways. The Rams and SoFi Stadium, it is an electric team to watch. They are the reincarnation of the greatest show on turf, and they are going to be a team to beat week in and week out. And it's hard to see how anyone can stop them this year when they start getting the momentum going. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, he will take out your best receiver. That's a wash. So you have to rely on your backups. Aaron Donald will always disrupt right down the middle. And it is always a factor in this game. The defense is superb. The offense is electric. They replaced Robert Woods, who got injured last year, with Allen Robinson, who is another just type of player. He's a Matthew Stafford type of player where all he ever needed was the opportunity. And he's the type of player who has never gotten that opportunity. So the Rams are sort of like a super team in which... A lot of players are willing to flock there. A lot of players are willing to go there, take a pay cut just to win. They're coming to LA, one of the most beautiful cities in America, with some of the most opportunities in America for growth of their own personal brands or what have you. And the Rams are just my team to beat. I watched them last year. I watched almost every game, and they were insane. I think when I look at this list, what I did was I just put people in matchups. So I said, if I had the Ravens play against the Rams, who would win? My heart and mind told me the Rams. If I had the Rams play the Bengals, we already saw that matchup, Rams. If I had the Rams in Tampa Bay, that one's tough. I mean, we're getting higher up on the list. It's tough, but I'd still give it to the Rams. And the Rams and the Bills one and two it's a tight one and two this can flip by week three if you ask me in my power rankings the bills can be over the rams for sure so a lot of things like this you know it's really up to perception it's really up to how you woke up today which side of the bed did you get up on because that is going to lead to a factor of how you feel about these teams because the bills 
in my mind, could be number one. Tampa Bay could be number one. Um, I don't even have the Packers on this list. The Green Bay Packers, they would be, I guess, number seven on this list. But if I woke up tomorrow and was in a great mood and really believing in Aaron Rodgers, they could be in the top five. The NFL is a very top-heavy league, I believe. The top ten teams in the NFL are all very good. They all have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And the bottom ten teams, they suck. <laughs> the Jets are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I can tell you that much. The Jets will not win the Super Bowl. So it's it's something you can't say for certain, but you can have a good feel for. And all of this stuff is fluid every day. You know, if Deshaun Watson was playing, if Kareem Hunt didn't request a trade, they would be a very good team. They'd be a top 10 team. But without Deshaun Watson, they have nobodies at quarterback. They have uh, Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. They're not going to be a good team. They'll win some games, but they're not going to be a good team. But overall, these are my top five teams this season. We'll go through it one last time. We have the Ravens, number five, the Bengals, number four, Tampa Bay, number three, the Buffalo Bills at number two, and the Los Angeles Rams, number one, best team in the league coming into the preseason. And that's about all I have for us today, but I want to do one last thing before I end off this episode. And what I want to do is, is I want to give my prediction for the Super Bowl matchup, one team from the AFC, one team from the NFC, and it's actually not going to line up with my rankings here. If we look at my power rankings, you would think I would be choosing the Bills and the Rams, but I'm going to change it up. I, but I'm just going to go with what my heart is telling me today, and I think that our Super Bowl this year is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Baltimore Ravens. I think if the Ravens were going to do it, if there was a moment, this is the moment. This is time. Tampa Bay is my safe pick. The Ravens are sort of my dark horse pick. This is the time they need to put it into gear and make a move because the longer this goes on the harder it's going to be Lamar Jackson superbly athletic he is fantastic however as the age piles up on all mobile quarterbacks not just him they slow down they have to rely more on the arm and a lot of those mobile quarterbacks don't have the arm for the game Cam Newton doesn't a lot of them don't. But I think Lamar Jackson has a serviceable arm. I just think you need to win the Super Bowl while he still has his legs. And I got Tampa Bay, safe pick, reliable pick, Ravens. And that's all I got for you guys. The NFL season is back. We are here. I'm going to be watching pretty much every game every week. We should be back on a weekly schedule. I know that... I just fell off the face of the planet with the podcast and it just happens. Life gets in the way sometimes and there wasn't a lot going on with football, so it was easy to disconnect. But 
with all of the news coming out, all the free agency, all of the drama, Deshaun Watson, we didn't even talk about him today. It's all this stuff just gets my just mind racing. It gets me wanting to talk about this. And there's only so much you could talk to some of your friends about before they're like, all right, all right, you know, I'm tired of talking about why Ezekiel Elliott is in the best shape of his life this year and he wasn't the last three years when they say that you know so each week I'm hoping to come back out here again with some more updates whatever the news stories are whatever the games maybe a prediction or two and it feels good to be back so make sure to follow the podcast turn on those notifications and make sure to Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The names will be in the description. And another week of football has come and gone. But there will always be another week to come. I can't wait to catch you guys on the other side. And we'll be back for some more football talk.